All right, hey everybody, welcome to uh, Spinalpedia's Disability Employment Success Stories. My name is Tiffany Carlson, and I'm the Executive Director of Spinalpedia.com. So today we are joined by Bill Fertig, and he is from Virginia Beach, and we are very excited to welcome him because he's going to share his, employ his employment journey and his injury story with us. So hey, Bill, welcome to the video. Hey, Tiffany, thanks for uh, the invite. Uh, happy to be uh, speaking with you today. We're very, very excited to have you on, too. Um, I uh, was reading a little bit about you on your Facebook page, and I just really was excited to see that you do work for United Spinal, and I love what they do, and so it'll be fun to talk to you about what you do for them. But before we talk to you about your job, I'd love to kind of begin with how you were injured and how old you are, just, you know, a little background if you don't mind sharing. So if you Sure, how did we get to this point from here? Yeah, right? I, I know. So uh, I was originally in law enforcement and I had an off-duty uh, motorcycle accident in uh, 1999 and that resulted in my um, T7 complete uh, paraplegia. And so, um, you know, those sets of uh, answers to those questions, that went away and we had to look at uh, answering a different set of questions. So, um, you know, the pathway uh, eventually led me to working in the Spinal Cord Injury Resource Center. That's crazy. And, you know, I think when you have an injury at 45 years old, right, around there. Right, that's correct. That's a life, that's the middle of your life and you're almost midlife. So I always, I always wonder how do you go from being, you know, a police officer and living that world to suddenly, you know, you're a paraplegic. We already know how that transition can be difficult, but then finding a new employment, you know, um, direction can be hard. So how did you decide you wanted to do some nonprofit work? Well, so I actually did not decide that I wanted to do nonprofit work. Okay. Um, like a lot of things, um, that career path found me. And I think, I think that the important thing is when you find that you're on a new course is you need to be able to put yourself out there and you need to be open to, you know, new possibilities because the old set of questions I had had answered, and now there were a totally different set of questions. So yeah. uh, I can't tell you how many different types of positions that I applied to in the in the five year period from when I was injured, went through rehab, got home, got adjusted, and then I did go back on ticket to work for a period of five years, cool. where I was working part time in the 911 dispatch center. So that gave me the freedom to build some computer skills, which I had none okay. at the time. This is 1999, and I was mid-career. Right. Was yeah. at, okay, I'm really not going to have to be a computer expert. I'm not going to have to do it. I'm not going to do it. Right. Um, I have my career path. I'm going to retire and, uh, <laughs> and and not really have to get there. So yeah, uh, I saw it coming, and I chose not to get involved in it, and that, that didn't really hold up very long. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I was, I was very happy. I didn't know at the time that Ticket to Work was a brand new program in early 99. Oh, yeah. It ended in September of 99, but it worked tremendously well for me because it got me back out into the workforce, building new skills, yeah. making connections and having some time to react and to think. And, yeah. and so, um, you know, it was all computer-aided dispatching. So I went straight into three monitors, three keyboards, one headset, 
paying attention with the other everything going on in the room. So <laughs> fast-paced uh, environment, and it uh, that and some supplemental classes uh, helped me uh, gain computer skills for for a new position. That's pretty great. So how long after your rehab and going home did you start working again when you first had made your first paycheck? Because I think so, like that can work fast. Yep. So. Um, Social Security disability went through seamlessly. Mm -hmm. I know it can be a problem sometimes, but if you just cross the T's and dot the I's and get it submitted properly, you know, my, my, my uh, former benefits carried me over until SSDI kicked in. Yeah. And then I worked, uh, worked a, a, a ticket to work, but um, I went back to part-time employment in 10 months. That's crazy. That's awesome. Too early. Yeah. Yeah, but I made it <laughs> from working 16 hour shifts sometimes, you know, and looking at the clock four hours into a shift. Yeah. When, you know, let's face it, you're, you're somewhat beat down and a little bit debilitated. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't have all your strength back for a year or more no. after your injury, but yeah. um, I'm glad that I did it that way. Cause I had the opportunity at that time. Yeah. Um, so that I didn't end up getting stuck too long. Absolutely. I mean, do you feel it was good for you psychologically to get back to work too? Absolutely. Um, I have to tell you, um, everybody has a different kind of personality, different kind of approach. Mm -hmm. Mine served me very, very well as I was, I'm, I'm still very much a black and white person without that much gray yeah. uh, in the middle. And uh, for, for a lot of things, it's either going to be this way or it's going to be that way. <laughs> and um, when I um, finally came to out of whatever drug-induced state they had me in after, uh, after mm -hmm. injury um, and realized that I'd now be using a wheelchair, mm -hmm. I really adjusted to that in a day. Really? Um, I wasn't exactly a happy camper, but I, I made that adjustment. I made that, that switch in a day or two. That's pretty um, crazy. The thing that lingered for me that was uh, very stressful and upsetting Mm -hmm. was having lost my career path. Yeah. That's that's what was the hard thing for me. That's so it was very rewarding to get back to work in that same area. That's awesome. I and mean, that's fast, but for a lot of people that's what they need to do. Um so did, I was going to ask, so did you have any assistance like when you went back to school or did you have to go back to school or receive when when you did, did you receive any state vocational supports or anything like that? So um Vocational rehabilitation, it seems to me, is as good as the counselor that you're working with. Mm -hmm. Programs are there. Um, they're there to help people. My very first counselor was very inexperienced. Um, the things that I needed at the time, uh, when I asked them, every answer was no. Mm -hmm. And it did not seem to be meaningful for me. Um, so I broke away from it, and as I trudged along my own merry path by myself, mm -hmm. um, applying for all kinds of crazy positions during that five-year period, mm -hmm. um, and not really finding exactly what I wanted, um, that, that part-time work allowed me to go back out to the, use the ex wheelchair accessible equipment at the old rehab center yeah. that yeah. was open in the middle of the day, and it was, uh, when I was out there, um, you know, staying in shape that uh, I ran into a different folk rehab counselor mm -hmm. who I did meld very well with. And mm -hmm. he brought me back in the next week. We reopened the case. 
And uh, I always kid him and tell him he's batting a thousand because mm -hmm. a couple weeks later, after we had a long talk and he knew what I wanted and what I was looking for, mm -hmm. he sent me one job notice, and that was this one. <laughs> so, uh, so I tell him, he, you know, he's batting one thousand. Wow! Me. And that's the job that you have at the United Spinal Association, right? Correct. So let's talk about your position and like what you do in it and your title and all exactly, sure. you know. Sure. So I'm uh, the director of the Spinal Cord Injury Resource Center, mm -hmm. and that's got a bunch of different components, but the most important component is our personnel. So we're a six-man, six-person team. Mm -hmm. uh, we have um, uh, myself, I live with paraplegia. Three of us live with quadriplegia, and then um, our two non-injured staff members are our social worker and our spinal cord injury rehabilitation nurse okay. and so between us we have the four of us that are injured we have a combined number of years living with uh spinal cord injury and the experience that comes with that of 84 years <laughs> wow so we've all been injured a while and we've all seen a lot of uh, things and solved a lot of problems for ourselves and therefore can help other people with that and the time working in the resource center as a unit um if we add all those up mm -hmm. again that comes up into the uh 60s so about 65 65 years total experience for the uh for the group That's so a lot. <laughs> personnel is our biggest asset that's on. So, and so you're helping people with, it's kind of a broad title. So what exactly do you do on uh, like an average day? Very good question. Um, so it is, it is a, it is a broad way that I described it, but um, you know, one way I, one way I um, answer that is that, you know, there's really no question that we don't get. Mm -hmm. And um, whether it be, a scenario of a brand new injury where which is we really want to talk to the families as early as possible if they're in the trauma center setting for a step-down unit and the, the current question is where to go to rehab mm -hmm. we want to be on the phone with you there to yeah. point you in the right direction so so your loved one doesn't get slipped through the cracks and not go to a, a robust uh, spinal cord injury specific rehabilitation uh, center and so that's critically important. Um, family members have needs, individuals have needs, um, even once through the rehab process, mm -hmm. uh, you have durable medical equipment questions and needs, health concerns, oh, yeah. uh, employment concerns, how do you go about getting back to employment like we're talking about today, yeah. Yeah. and um, pretty much everything from soup to nuts. That's awesome, and you do it all virtually as well from your place. We do. We have extensive. We have literally tens of thousands of pages of um, online information that's categorized into, I believe, forty-seven knowledge books by by topic area. Okay. And um, just one of those books is our state by state, state and local resource. So that's a very big book in and of itself. So uh, we have a lot of materials that we can send and we can leverage to uh, get people pointed in the right direction. What a great job. So is, is your position a full-time one? And you have to like, you know, that's fantastic. So, it's, it's wow. It's a life plus because, the, you know, a lot of us are pretty dedicated to it. So, you know, you don't really just 
turn everything off at five when you have a couple of people still still in yeah. need. That's really, really nice. So you're helping people whenever you're awake, basically, at all hours from your home. Pretty much. And, um, you know, a lot of people figure, well, it's great working from home, which, by the way, it is. I'm not going <laughs> to say it's not. Oh, but yeah. um, you do get a little claustrophobic, so you get a plan, a little some side trips. So Absolutely. Yeah, we meet some people. Yep. Get yourself out there. But, um, but also, um, you know, I more of a tendency to work nine, maybe nine and a half, ten hours sometimes because you're right there and you, oh, I could just do that one more thing. <laughs> that's that's a lot of hours, but it, you love what you do, it sounds like. So I do too, and it makes it a, a lot better when you're not. You know. you know, we're very proud of our case closure surveying. Oh, okay. Um, for the last three years, whenever we, in our case management um, uh, system that we use, when you join membership and ask a question or just find us on the website and, or call us and uh, we create a case, cool. uh, upon case closure, you would then get an opportunity to complete a survey. Okay. Three basic questions of uh, how timely was the response, how helpful, yeah. and uh, would you refer the service to others, as well as there's a free text uh, section for you to give us that great testimonial. So. Um, Overall time we've been running the case closure surveying, uh, the um, median scores are 10 across all three questions. Well, that's great for people to know who are listening that the United Spinal offers that. I knew you did that work, but I didn't realize you had so many people dedicated to that. That's really awesome. Um, so do you receive any reasonable accommodations at work, and how do they help you perform in your position? Funny you should ask that. So um, through the whole injury scenario, I, I had 30 fractures and a head injury. So I had to do a couple of things a little bit differently. Um, I use an ergonomically shaped um, keyboard. I actually already had it, so I didn't have to have you know, work provided for me. But it's, it's one that where the two halves are sort of bent in the middle and your fingers can come in at an angle. And it's raised also, and that's just super fast for me to uh, type on versus the uh, mm -hmm. straight kind of a keyboard like you might find on a, on a uh, laptop. Um, the other thing that I'm um, going to be doing here is I, I, I'm setting up a multiple, um, a multiple workstation. I don't know if you can see briefly in the, in the side there, there's, yeah. a, uh, there's a standing frame, which... Oh. Admittedly, I have not been using enough, so um, we're actually right now setting up a duplicate uh, workstation scenario where I'll have two screens, two keyboards, and I'll work half of my day uh, at my, in my standard. Oh, that's a super smart idea, Bill. I need we're to do that. That'll that be awesome. a good thing. Fabulous. So, okay, and so did you have to, so I kind of already know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it you anyways. Did you have to record? You already have the keyboard, so it sounds like you don't have any other accommodations you had to ask for, but for people maybe that need to ask an employer for accommodations, do you have any advice on how to do that? Sure, absolutely. Um, I, I made a couple modifications to to the desk area. I had a, just above the, just below the work surface, there was a typical, you know, pencil drawer, kind of a rollout drawer, and that was in the way, so I had to remove that. Okay. But those are examples of very simple barrier removal that you could ask your employer to help set up for you at work if you're in a physical office space. 
Yeah. If you're working from home and you need some funding to do those um, minor modifications, and the kind of um, agency that will help uh, support you in um, in um, working with your employer to make those modifications that allow you to be successful in employment is JAM, uh, Job Accommodation Network. So oh, yeah. we, uh, we will routinely connect people with JAN just for the support uh, to know that, yes, they're on the right track. Yes, these are the laws and, and what an employer is responsible for. And JAN is very good at uh, massaging those employer uh, relationships to help um, get that accommodation in place what? for you. Do you know their website off the top of your head so we um, so anyone can visit them? Um, we will examine that during the uh, during the rest of the interview. Let's do that. Well, let's do that. We'll share it later, but that's really good information. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so great. So I guess I have a couple more questions and I should be almost done. So what, um, what do you like most about your job and being employed? Well, you know, um, it's very gratifying to find that um, when someone calls our resource center, and unfortunately this has happened way too many times, mm -hmm. that they're getting thoroughly thwarted by the, uh, the system mm -hmm. um, and not uh, able to get the right type of therapy or um, not able to get you know, the right top type of uh, equipment uh, mm -hmm. approved for them, that we can help make that solution. I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, we had, we had a, um, a father a few years ago call and, and point out that um, his um, son in his early 20s was being denied access to spinal cord injury specific rehabilitation uh, and he, he indicated that um, the, the insurance company, uh, in quotes, uh, indicated to him, he'll never get any better, we're not paying for rehab. Ooh. Right. And this was a very, um, a very uh, solid uh, uh, advocate type of a father. He just needed to know that he was on the right path. Yeah. And after talking to our information specialist, specialists we empowered him to go in and put his foot down with the hospital that was trying to discharge uh his young son to a nursing home put his foot down with the uh insurance company and we were also able to provide to the father some clear examples of highly successful people having gone through rehab at the same type of injury level and that helped him quickly win that argument with his insurer and got his son into rehab. Wow. And that young man, this is five years later, that young man is on his feet. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's continuing after his quality re inpatient rehab wow. with activity-based therapy. And he is actually trying to increase his distance that he's stepping now because he's doing that well. What a fantastic story. So this is what you get paid to do. Of course you love your job. It is. We get paid to sometimes do great stuff and help 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 parents do do successful things. And uh, and that's very rewarding. What a oh, and story. I pulled up uh, Jan's uh, website is yeah. uh, 
www.askjanjanzanancy.org.org. All right. Thank you for looking that up. That's awesome. So, okay, so I, I think I already, we kind of already talked about this earlier. Why do you think being employed with a disability is important? But do you have anything more to say on that topic? So I think that for almost anyone, mm -hmm. um, employment is a part of who you are, irrespective of disability or not. You know, your work life is a large chunk of time. It's a large effort it's a large part of your life and it becomes part of you mm -hmm. and um you are many things but part of a big part of what you are is what you do it's true and um and how you do it and what your reputation is in that field and everything else that goes along with it so you know to me it's it's almost uh it's almost like uh you know if i if i was uh you know, and, and I experienced this when I got injured. It's like somebody chopped off a third of my life and took it away. <laughs> and I was yeah. able to, fortunately, able to find a way back to replace that third of, of life. Uh, and because, you know, I think a lot of people are lost without it. It's so true. I think a lot of people need to find a job they love, though, after their injury, because sometimes you just oh, can't do it. It's important. You can't just do a job that sucks your soul out of you, though. That can be hard. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So um, what advice would you give to people with disabilities who are interested in working? What, this is the final question. So, okay. I think I'll just address that in a very general way. Okay. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when I was between positions mm -hmm. um, after I got hurt and I was home and uh, and even after I started working at the you know temp uh, part-time at the number one center I knew that that wasn't going to be the the uh, the end all but yeah. I think I think like in a lot of ways in your life after you've had a spinal cord injury I think you just need to put yourself out there you need to okay. you need to you know get out of that comfort zone you'll hear it referred to as and and just push boundaries, get out there, and just try stuff. And and it and it's a little crazy what you know what you can do. You know, I was uh, I was working part time, but before working for the Spinal Cord Injury Association, and the challenge that that brings on to you know go ahead and be independent in your care and everything like a pair of you got to figure should. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you don't make that leap until you're forced to, and then. You know, when for work, you have to make a three, four day trip. Well, it sort of forces you to get your transportation squared away and get your, your care and get, get, a, get your own routine squared away and be more independent so yeah. that you're able to do that. Then it benefits you in the other parts of your life. Wow. Well, that was some really good advice. Sounds like, and I was going to ask you a little bit about Sandrider, but are you still doing the beach chair stuff or is that uh, a side so, uh, Sort of. So, okay. yeah. Um, so I'm um, from Pittsburgh originally and uh, moved to the beach. Okay. And I'm sure going to want to be on the beach. And none of the existing equipment really did a very good job. Okay. Um, I had rented them in the past, um, um, you know, and they're just unbelievably difficult to use and hard to transport and, and frankly, ugly and you really want to be seen in the thing. Um, so our family being entrepreneurs, entrepreneurial spirited people as we've always been, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't here at Virginia Beach six months till we started doing some prototyping, and, okay. and about a year later, we had a pretty good solid prototype and took it to the beach. That turned into a six-year business. We subsequently sold that business, okay. but I remain uh, involved as a consultant. That's so cool. All right, you're just interesting to me. I love, I love this. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I have to stop it here, but I just want to thank you again, Bill, for sharing. You know your employment success story with us. It's really great. And I think your story is going to help a lot of people listening. So thanks again. And hopefully we'll talk to you again at some point in the future. Thanks so much for the invitation, Tiffany. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.